Thank you so much for listening to the Talking Classical podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the Talking Classical podcast and you'll receive a notification every time a new episode is released. You can also follow the Talking Classical podcast on Twitter, on the Talking Classical blog and on Facebook and YouTube. Many thanks for listening once again. I hope that you'll be able to join me for the next episode very soon. everyone, my name is Annabelle Lee and welcome to another episode of the Talking Classical podcast. A big hello to those of you who are listening for the first time. It's great to have you on board and welcome to those of you who are returning. It's great to have you listening. So in this episode, we're going to be hearing from Kirill Gerstein, who is an internationally renowned concert pianist, but Over the past two years, he has been hosting a fantastic webinar series in partnership with the Kronberg Academy called Kirill Gerstein Invites. And as the title suggests, Kirill invites a range of artists and practitioners in a wide variety of art forms to talk about their practice and to reflect on their work too, from classical music to opera, jazz, architecture, early music and theatre and the lineup of guests that Kirill has is star-studded including Brad Meldau, Ian Bostridge, Andreas Steyer, Reinhard Goebel, Raphael Vignoli and Simon Callow. Kirill is going to be talking about the series and how it came about, what it's like to host the series and how he goes about organising the webinars and what it's like to engage in these discussions and also how you as an audience member can get involved as well if you watch one of these webinars and I've put some links in the description so that you can find out more about Kirill Gerstein invites and you can watch some of the seminars too. So enjoy listening to this discussion and I hope that you'll be able to join me for another podcast that will be coming in due course. So bye for now. I really enjoyed watching your Kirill Gerstein Invite seminars. Um, I've got to say, I think they've been one of the high points of my lockdown period. Can you tell us a little bit more about the series Kirill Gerstein Invites and how it came about? Yes, with pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for for uh, watching them. Um, I always had this um, inkling that I would like to do something like that, organize um, some kind of forum or seminars. Of course, then when the pandemic came, and then this was uh, a further uh, prod to um, to try and organize something. But the idea being that and in fact what has happened is that we are able to gather so many people that even in conditions that weren't um, you know in pandemic lockdown uh, we would never be able to gather in one physical space because you know everybody has their lives and uh, interesting 
people and people interested in the same subject, sometimes experts in the same subject, can be very far removed geographically. And I am somewhat skeptical and cautious about the possibility of uh, streaming being a real viable alternative to live music making. But I do find that the internet really is well suited for exchange of knowledge and information. And in this sense, I find this uh, Kierkegaardstein invites format allows for things to happen that wouldn't happen in the physical world and don't feel necessarily like a um, compromise. And on the other hand, I essentially, you know, the seminar series it's something that I wanted and imagine I'd wish um, as a student or as an audience member or as, you know, participant from any walk of life because uh, these are topics that I find that are very interesting. I try to um, give it uh, a lot of variety and it's, you know, essentially it's... uh, comes from my impulse or my desire to hear a smart person talk about something that they are um, passionate about. So it's just the combination of these. And then uh, maybe for your listeners that don't know the initiative, the idea always is that there's a live session and we use the, you know, the webinar extension on Zoom, which works very well. And so we really have participants in the uh, seminar room. And I say participants because uh, it's a very vibrant audience and, uh, and a lot of people do participate by asking questions, by making uh, comments. And sometimes there have been uh, very nice occasions when um, another colleague would also say, well, I'd like to add something. So, for example, when uh, when Robert Levin was doing his uh, seminar on uh, Mozart concertos, then Andreas Steyer happened to uh, come into the virtual room, so to say, and then he said, well, I'd like to add something. So then I, we had two of them on the screen and they were mm, uh, having a nice... Uh, in- interesting back and forth so that's something um, that this format affords that you know on a Robert Levin seminar Andreas Steyer strolls in and uh, and the audience is very mixed I think some people sometimes think oh well it's uh, uh, comes from um, you know music academy from uh, Kronberg Academy that supports this initiative but uh, one doesn't have to be a professional musician at all one in fact doesn't have to be a musician and some things are a little bit more specialized but I see a lot of uh, non-musicians weather through those bits and then of course there there are very general um, conversations and topics about creativity and leadership and the arts and the uh, role of the arts so um, so everybody is very welcome and uh, then I do put these uh, archived uh, seminars or discussions on my YouTube channel so for those that can't attend the 
the live session, then they can then they can catch up um, later. And it's been very gratifying that a lot of people uh, in various places, you know, sometimes I'll go to an orchestra and somebody from the violin section will say, oh, I'm really following these talks. There's now some piano students came in Copenhagen and said, oh, we really enjoyed that one and that one. <laughs> and a lot of uh, and a lot of non-musicians um, write and, uh, and, and, and comment that they're um, following it. And perhaps I, I want to add that um, I'm thrilled with the with the guests that that have so far agreed to take part. Pretty much everybody, almost everybody that I asked, agreed, and um, and the the list of of these uh, humans, of these intellectuals, of these artists. Um, and thinkers is is I find very humbling and and very um, uplifting because there are so many smart people, and my policy is always that the um, the guests basically get to pick the topics because I find this is the best way to bring uh, out their passion than just to say you know I admire you I find you have much to say. And uh, what do you feel like talking about uh, on a on a Wednesday afternoon? Yeah, and I just love the variety of guests that you've had on. Because I listened to the seminar with Ian Bostridge, who's talking about um, Winterizer, and you've had Brad Meldau, um, Reinhard Goebel, but also, um, like you said, people in other art forms as well, in architecture, um, jazz. You had. Simon Callow on. Um, I'm a huge ad admirer of his his work. Um, too, yeah. So too. can you tell me why you just you felt it was important to have a mix of different art forms and different guests? Was it to, I suppose, create different perspectives on art? Yeah. Well, I think um, I think you know we all seem to circle the same core of issues, you know, be it in life, be it in, uh, in the various arts. And I imagine, you know, this extends to most human uh, occupations. So I find that it's, it's uh, in that sense also, is productive and interesting to see how people approach it in, in different fields, these, let's say, core issues. And at the same time, I also feel that as as a musician and one of the coats that I wear is that of a of a teacher I think it's very important for students but then again let's say we don't have only students but for for everybody to be exposed to um to a variety of things that cross-pollinate themselves. So, so I think this cross-pollination is incredibly important. And there is not a... Um, I haven't found that one can so often make direct um, connections that, let's say, such and such violinist saw a painting of uh, El Greco and therefore he played that phrase differently. No, you cannot trace this and it's not such a... I'd say mercantile transaction, but this 
enrichment of our life experience and of our um, life appreciation and art as a part of both I think leads to um, to richer output that we produce be it again as conversation partners in in uh, in regular interactions or be it in music making or in art making or i guess you know or in doing in doing other types of uh, types of work so i so i find that it's very important to go deeply but also to go from 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 many angles and it's what i find stimulating you know and and it seems i'm happy uh, to see that it's that that many people seem to concur yeah so how did you go about um choosing the speakers um were some of the people who come on to the series are they colleagues i imagine that that many of them are colleagues of yours but are there also people that you know you've admired their work or do you approach agents to arrange um, seminars? Mostly, this is an interesting question. Uh, yes, some of them are colleagues, some of them are old uh, friends or uh, acquaintances, but a number of them have actually become friends now through the seminar. And, and what I found gratifying is that um, most people responded to uh, rather uninvited so-called cold calls uh, that um, I just found a way to approach them directly. I usually don't do it through agents because I find that uh, nothing against agents, but it makes the whole thing uh, well more cumbersome. And, and I think this format, it in some way thrives on agility and uh, also um, possibly to the detriment of some additional publicity. But um, as you may have seen, I announced them sort of one week in advance. I also didn't want the people to have a feeling. I think if you announce a whole season, then people start picking and choosing just, oh, this one's more interesting, this one's less interesting. Oh, I might skip that one because I already did it. So I, um, I do this week by week and very often it seems that approaching the guests on short notice is what works better than if, if I would say, oh, can you speak in two months on a Wednesday at six in the evening? And we always do these on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Berlin time. So that sometimes is you know, 5 p.m. UK times 12 noon in, uh, in, in New York. Um, so if one asks uh, two, three months in advance, then this becomes a much more of an intractable uh, problem. But if you say, so how about in one week, then turns out more often than not, um, one Wednesday or another may be found in, in a guest schedule and, um, and, then, and then we schedule it. From the beginning, and I want to underline that as a sort of, um, small contribution to a general push in what I think is the right direction, I have insisted that, that we pay the, the guests. The, so uh, sort of to go against the trend of um, you're an artist, um, or uh, you know, academia person or a thinker. So, and it's the internet. Do it for free. Mm -hmm. Obviously, 
we are unable to pay huge fees because uh, this is an initiative supported by an educational institution, by Kronberg Academy. But there is a budget and, and every guest uh, gets, uh, gets paid. And I think that's, I think that's important uh, as, a, as, like I said, as a small gesture, but I think towards, towards the uh, correct uh, cause. Yeah, and it's always such a lovely surprise to get those little email notifications in the inbox because I wonder which guest it's going to be each week and it's something completely different that, you know, I would never normally explore. So I think what's really great about your seminars is that, you know, I feel that as an audience member, you're also pushing us outside our comfort zones as well, which is which is really cool. Well, that's very grat that's very gratifying to hear. But I agree with you. And you know, and if one takes a slightly um, zooms out to a uh, um, a broader uh, level, I find that um, indeed these sort of mini surprises um, are a pleasant way to to program. And if one builds, and I see this um, in concert life, I think uh, if the presenter builds a trusted relationship with the audience. And I've seen that happy occurrence a few times with, uh, with presenters that then um, that, that the relationship flips to the point where the you as an audience member, you trust that the presenter won't put something uh, bad or uninteresting on for you. It might be challenging, might be not what you would have uh, necessarily gravitated to, but eventually you place your trust in the presenter and and you open up to various inputs. And I think much, I think if we work towards that, it's not a bad goal also in, in, in concert presenting and programming. People are much more open to that if you go to a uh, fancy uh, restaurant with a creative chef, because usually, I at least most people I know that go to such places, you know, you don't call and say, okay, I'm coming to your restaurant in, in Copenhagen, but only if you're cooking steak. Eventually, you know, maybe you will have heard, you've been recommended, you've read something about the chef, and, and if you uh, are interested, you go and you let them take over this experience and, uh, and, um, and, and, and trust them. And, um, and so I think um, the more we can do that in, in classical music, I think um, the better. It is so in jazz, by the way, and Gary Burton, the great jazz vibraphonist who was on my uh, series uh, earlier this year, um, he once told me that it is so different in the world of jazz that when a uh, um, concert organizer hires a jazz group, he hires the jazz group. Let's say it was the duet, the legendary duets, Gary Burton, Chick Corea. He said in the 45 years or how many years they've, they've toured together, he said, never came a request saying, well, I'll invite you but if you play a certain piece. It's just, I invite you, you come, you play. Of course, it's somewhat different classical music because 
what we do is based on you know a body of repertoire rather than necessarily you know the sort of composer performer um, uh, role but nevertheless i think if we if we cultivate uh, some uh, measure of uh, surprise and openness it is not a bad thing yeah yeah definitely um i wanted to talk about your role um as the host because you do it so well you make all the guests feel really comfortable and at ease and we should mention that you've had such a rich and diverse career as a concert pianist. I wondered how you found this hosting role. Was it something that you were a little bit nervous about doing or was it something that, you know, you've, you've always wanted to do and you feel comfortable doing? Well, I, I, I hope, well, thank you. First of all, I hope I'm getting better at it. Uh, but there is something basic that I think has felt comfortable about it for a long time. Of course, also I've done a lot of interviews as a as a pianist, but I find that if I'm in the mode, or let's say what feels and comes rather naturally to me is to talk to an interesting person and to ask them questions because I truly feel interested. And, and if I'm in that mode, then I feel quite at home also in the hosting role because, you know, I'm thrilled they came uh, or agreed to take part. And, uh, and I'm very interested in listening to what they say. And that sort of naturally breeds um, follow-up questions and sort of it just um, has its own flow, which one can also moderate and modulate and and in the seminars i tell i tell uh, the speakers that i will monitor the the questions and the comments because those can be quite distracting if you try to read them in real time and speak and then i try to make a balance and pass them on at times when it seems so more relevant to where the discussion is in that moment but um but basically i think for me, it feels so. This—it's not a key to hosting, but uh, but uh, the most important ingredient is truly being curious about the other person and asking them about something that interests them, and that usually so provokes a good um, uh, flow and and response. You know, I also love when people ask me questions about some some topic that I find is interesting. So that just provokes me to speak more. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I love it when um, you know you do an interview and um, well, my podcast, for example, I I actually really love it when um, the guests ask me the questions because I feel that it really helps to create a dialogue. It's not just you know another publicity interview or you know you know what i mean it's not just this one dimensional yes, thing and i think it's it's very important um but i guess i'm sure you feel that also in in scouting people you will speak to one has a certain sense of uh who can speak and also who uh, is going to just be cookie cutter about and just say the same things they always say and and people that can be uh, pushed or don't need to be pushed to, to to say something on the on the spot and pertaining to the uh, to the situation. 
Also, I imagine that you have probably experienced this, that um, in searching, there are a lot of interesting people, but that don't necessarily have the easiest time with verbal output. So one has to look for interesting people, but also then even amongst the field of interesting people, there are people that perhaps play very well or do something very well. But if one imagines hypothetically having them talk or see other interviews of theirs, then uh, it's, it's yet another thing and another quality to find. And sometimes I have this, you know, people say, oh, why don't you have so-and-so? Yes, that person may be excellent at what they do, but I'm not sure that they can hold forth, especially in, in the format that I have. You know, these things are about two hours long. Yeah. And some of it is uh, lubricated by questions, but it's still, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of screen time to hold forth. So, so it is a fun and for me, uh, so creative challenge to think of. So who would be interesting for what I perceive the audience to be? Uh, what kind of sequence are we going in so we don't have sort of the same kind of topic weeks and weeks on end? And then also who is going to be able to really um, flourish in this in this uh, in this format or swim in this format? And it's not everybody that just oh he's you know or she is a good violinist. Okay, but we have to make sure that it's a constellation that 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 works from various angles. But I imagine it's the same for your podcast. Yeah, yeah, very very much so. You said that doing these seminars online works really well. Um, do you think that you might consider though um, doing some in-person seminars? Is this something that you feel that you're gonna continue doing after the pandemic? Well, in some way, uh, <laughs> what is after the pandemic? Uh, in, <laughs> I, have, uh, I have made sure that, you know, these continue now. We had an impression that so there was less pandemic. Now, again, there's more pandemic. <laughs> I've always said it's not a pandemic gimmick. So I think the online seminars, I continue. And I don't hold it for unlikely that I would in another um, time and setting do these kind of things also um, in in person. But obviously uh, the online uh, format is its own thing and uh, and also naturally has a has a much broader uh, reach so um you know, incidentally, when we had Brad Meldau uh, talk about uh, the classical and jazz context and how we perceive things, the same musical objects differently within the two contexts, we had almost a thousand participants live. So not streamed on YouTube or uh, watched later, but we had uh, up to a thousand people live in the room and obviously with very vibrant commenting and 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 questions so um um and another nice thing is that uh 
in the online format spaces uh, you know limited just by your uh, zoom license which is easily expandable and you're not taking any physical uh, space so it's not that oh you know well the hall wasn't available on that Wednesday so we cannot have uh, Rafael Vignoli speak about architecture yeah. so um, so there are really some advantages to uh, to this um, online format also some guests you know don't have to leave the <laughs> the comfort of their of their uh, house which also I think makes it easy to uh, ask them to say well can you come to this place on such and such date and you know travel there or commute there but nothing against doing some interviewing or some seminaring uh, live I, I think I would enjoy that as well yeah yeah so my final question is what have you learned from doing these seminars either as a host or as a performer or more generally oh well you know I mean first of all uh, just an immense amount of um information so from 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 all these people because they have they have been so informative the uh, the the speakers so many small and large facts that are uh, too numerous and in some in that sense not significant enough to point to a particular one so that's one thing just a lot of information then um a certain impression and inspiration from uh, from how um, how these very uh, talented uh, and very educated people are, and each one so uh, shows some different side of it. Some are more similar, some are less. Some are very uh, academic. Uh, some are very flamboyant. Some are very mercurial. But just to observe how people operate, and that is not only what they do in the seminar, but even in the communication before. And you know, some people want to prepare, and some people just wing it, and some people are, uh, you know, have this or that preference. So, so something that one senses and learns about these very, very remarkable and 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 talented uh, individuals. And then, uh, of course, then there's some back uh, office uh, sides of it that you learn. I'm sure, as as you learn uh, with with your uh, program, that you see what interests people. You sort of you get this feeling. I've gotten this feeling of this community that has grown, and you know everybody that is on the mailing list is there only because they've attended a seminar or or seminars before so um so it's grown very organically and um it's interesting to feel this sense of you know how uh some seminars provoke a lot of uh, interest and interaction how quickly people sign up and for some people sign up slower and how much uh, uh of it is then later viewed on 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 youtube and so um so one gets an interesting sense of um, of the uh, community and uh, 
so so certainly I learned something about hosting but so I'm learning a lot from all the people that are taking part in it meaning the the, the speakers the thinkers and uh, and the community that interacts with them and with me so um, so it's been very interesting and I feel also very fortunate that this is possible possible on a human level possible on an organizational level on a technological level and uh, last but not least that it's that it's possible to experience the thoughts of uh, so many brilliant people. I mean, that's something uplifting in times and in an era that is not altogether uplifting necessarily. So, um, but that gives uh, some encouragement and uh, some... um, optimism so i find you know it just it just thrills me that that there are such smart interesting people that are also very generous that that um feel like sharing and feel like giving and that there are people that are interested in in taking it in and and listening so um that's altogether something something (laughs) says something positive yeah and i actually heard that as a result of one of your seminars, one of your guests has actually written, is it a concerto for you, a piece? Well, uh, Matt Coyne is writing yeah, that a, was it. Yeah. A, piece, a piece for me, but Matt Coyne also, and he even is very sweet of him, he um, he credited uh, me in his, in his book because one of the chapters of his book that I think has just come out is uh, kind of grew out of that, um, out of that, seminar but there's been uh, there's been many things that sort of grown out of this including several several friendships with people that i approached uh, without uh, without a previous uh, connection or uh, or knowledge of them well that's so lovely to hear um it's been so fantastic talking to you and thank you so much for given up your time to talk to me and I really look forward to watching more of your seminars over the next few Well, thank you. Thank you for for your your curiosity and your interest and for your invitation. It's lovely to speak to you and to be on, uh, on your podcast.